0: This is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development. I'm delighted to have with us Kevin, who is the Director of Health and Safety, Safety and Health Director for KDEA, a massively large infrastructure project in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Hi, Craig. How are you?
0: Great to have you here. Um, as we were saying just before I started recording, you know, the majority of our podcasts are around emergency response and managing extreme incidents. And I thought that you'd be a great person to speak to about some of the processes we can put in place um, to really maybe mitigate some of those more extreme situations. You were talking about some things that could happen to help that in the future. So I'd love to hand it over you to just share your wisdom and experiences with us, what you're doing now and how you yeah. go about it. Yeah.
1: Okay, thank uh, thank you for the invite, uh, Craig. Uh, nice to nice to be here. Nice to be invited. Um, well, um, as we, we we spoke briefly there, I'm I'm a great believer in the the, the sharing aspect of of health and safety, and um, I believe there's still not enough of that between uh, large companies that are out there. Invest investing great systems. You know, you look at the oil and gas industry's got fantastic systems, it, uh, integrated safe systems of work or ISOs. we call them and and i had the pleasure of working with like shell um previously when i was when i was a technical director with jacobs on some projects and and they really do have a great a great record in health and safety performance because of of those integrated safe systems of work but where you come to like what i believe a stumbling block is that there's, there's companies out there that want to develop want to improve um want to be more transparent want to have that integrity and honesty um, and a bit, kind of, in a lot of ways, are, are being held back. You know, you, they, especially with them. You look at contractors; they they go to Doctor Google to to get their health and safety manual. They cut cut and paste, and there's references to things that don't have any reference to the specific jobs they're doing. Uh, and there we find themselves into a reason that they might be actually putting risks in there or hazards in there that aren't really relevant to that scope of work. So, but once they put it in there, then you're obviously banged Bang by that to actually monitor if they say they're doing confined space and they're, they're not doing any confined space work and you get that you, as part of their KPI or part of their performance module you'll be looking at oh well you know let's well, have a confined space procedure oh we haven't got one well but you've got it in your, your risk your impact risks and stuff so some people don't see the thing that you have to look at stuff and do it bespokely you know, so if you're doing predominantly working at height, you, you, you address just working at height issues and the people that have the resources, the tools, you know, the safe systems of work that are required to do that. Now, there's lots of great companies out there, you know, that I've worked for, Jacobs, KBR, really, really, really top engineering companies. And I believe that there's still not that sharing culture that, that, you know, health and safety to me is not a big secret. It's a lot of common sense. As one of my mentors used to say, you know, it's a common sense approach to causation. And that was a, a guy called Paul Difford from the Institute of Industrial Accident Investigators, who are a fantastic sort of um, theory, uh, looking at the previous sort of theory, all the other theories, uh, you know, Dr. Reason and stuff like that, and Professor Reason um, regarding B and Delta models and and, and it, always defaulting back to management failures, which which I'm which I'm not a great believer in, actually. I don't think everything can default back to management failure. It's impossible. But if only all these big companies were to put their heads together and best-in-house practices and global best practices and say, right, we're going to share this information and it's going to be there as an open forum for people to grab... I would think you'd see a massive, massive step change in performance levels and behaviours and the culture of health and safety across the globe. Um, And and we're still hurting people. If you want to look at things, we're still hurting people. You know, um, I I think there's a lot of companies out there that are focused on the statistic rather than the person. And so we'll manipulate a figure um, to get that fantastic performance. You know, like, you know, we've got no LTIs. We've got a 0.001 um, you know, um, uh, long uh, you know, lo- lost time injury frequency rate. We've got a total recordable. and It's I've only not fantastic. But for me, if you concentrate on one thing or, t- or a couple of things really, which is people, your main asset, your most valuable asset. All these companies say the same things, buzzwords. Mo- our most important asset are you, the people. If you were to concentrate on solely that alone, what will fall in behind that? Your figures, all those lovely statistics that you tried to manipulate and spin, all those things will fall in behind that because you're concentrating on the one element of health and safety that we're all trying to do is is preservation of life, prevent injury, property damage. And, and, you know, you look at that in big, big picture and reputational reputational damage, obviously, is virtually irreparable to a company that has a major incident uh, or takes a very, very long time to lose that stigma. So... So I'm kind of there with that. Um, sort of that's my kind of view, according to, I suppose, Kevin. There may be some that disagree, but that, that's where I'm from. Very basic and, and a common sense approach.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Um, you mentioned about the damage to a reputation. It's maybe irreparable if something really big does happen. And you mentioned transparency or sharing as well. What would be some key things, that you think people really could be sharing without damaging the intellectual property of their processes or what they're doing? What are some things companies could be sharing in this area?
1: Well, I, th- I think looking at sort of best in out know, practices like, you know, some of these companies now, you know, we, we talk about emergency response now. You know, with cadea we're looking at on-site emergency facilities because um, the hospitals and the civil defence are quite far away logistically. You know, we're, we're, we've done a very... Very basic sort of uh, logistical um, plan and a scenario, and we're finding that sort of 40 minutes and 25 minutes, those are the difference between life and death. Um, and so, therefore, uh, as an initiative and given to me by my executive director, is look, let's look at on site facilities, you know, for fire. Let's we'll have a couple of fire attenders, paramedics, doctors on site, a treating clinic, not a hospital, but a treating clinic that can preserve life until we can get them to the right hospital. Um, so the, there's stuff out there. Saudi has done some great stuff. Um, I think with sharing sort of initiatives like that, especially with some of these giga projects that are coming up, um, and some of these onshore facilities that have already had those things in place with fire and, and uh, um, emergency rescue, etc. that sharing that kind of information would be so beneficial. At, at the moment, I'm find, finding that, I am not a crisis manager specialist. I, I know about it and I have an awareness of it. And it unfortunately seems to get branded into the health and safety sort of, right, health, safety, oh, your security oh, and your crisis manager, because I don't think nobody else wants to, one, manage it, two, they don't know where to put it, three, that, and there's a cost implication if you bring on a crisis manager or an emergency response manager. And so I think kind of all these things, the health and safety aspect has grown over the years with health and safety, oh, let's put in environment, HSE. Then it became Q, you know, health, safety, environmental, quality. Then there's security. And now you're finding that emergency response is kind of getting badged into it. And now there's a specialist specialist skill set involved for crisis management without a shadow of a doubt. And I am, being honest, not that person. I, 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 I read, I, I know about it, I'm aware of it, I have a common sense approach to it. But if you, were to, if you wanted me to badge it and say I am an expert or, you know, or, or a professional in that field, I would have to you, say no. But I know what I want, and I would then go out and recruit the person that could do that job for me and report into me. I have no issue with that. Um, but when they kind of badge it and then expect people to pick up a new skill set and just like and invest in that sort of, I suppose, that development of that person, because you do need to invest in people to get them into that degree, you're also putting a workload on, and they always say the old story is, um, um, put you know one straw that broke the camel's back or a donkey's back. More keeps going on, and you're, the quality of the work that, from the output side of things for that person is going to be severely reduced because of the severe amount of workload with health, safety, environmental, security, emergency response, quality. Suddenly, that person is then diluting his focus. And that makes a major, major difference and into performance levels on health and safety. The guy is only one person. And and if he's he's split up between five or six disciplines, he's going to struggle, even with the best will in the world and the best work ethic in the world. And and obviously the the simple thing is, Greg, to work smart. You know, I prefer a person that can work eight hours, seven hours, eight hours a day, deliver what he's supposed to deliver rather than somebody. say, I've worked 15 hours a day and I've really had kind of, the same or less out of it, and the guy's got less sleep, less quality time with family because there's a family element balance that's required. But I suppose going back to the, the key question was that sharing of stuff like these new initiatives with on-site emergency response um, would be a, f- a fantastic way to go forward. There's some great practices out there. I've been privy to some people have shared some items with me. And um, you look at it, there is a lot that goes into it. There is absolutely, it's, it's, to excuse the pun, it's a minefield, uh, you know. And um, from a reputational uh, thing, if companies were to realize that crisis management or some emergency response managers or directors are a valuable asset to protection of the company and to people, the asset, then you'd actually find that you'd, there'd be a step change, there'd be a turn, and the, com- and the company would benefit you know, for the, shape, for the sake of what I call pennies in the scope of things, financial investment in that type of thing, um, the the return would be exponential.
0: Kevin, you mentioned about the giga projects and these enormous infrastructure things that are happening. I think you said 342 square kilometres is the size mm-hmm. of this project. Yeah. For those of us who yeah. don't know anything about it, how about you share?
1: Sorry, how big is what? Sorry.
0: I think you said it was three hundred and forty-two yeah. square kilometers. Yeah. with this massive, yeah. massive mm-hmm. project? Tell us about
1: it. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's the part of the reforms and for the twenty thirty vision for Saudi Arabia. Um, and we're looking at it, it's Six Flags is going to be the um, running the operation of the um, theme park because it's going to be one of the largest theme parks um, it, globally. It's going to be up there with the Disney. Obviously, Six Flags is. A major major player of texan texas companies uh, own and operate more amusement parks i believe than disney and universal put together so it's a big it's a big 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 thing but um amongst all this there's going to be residential there's going to be nature trails that uh, has obviously got a, 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 a on two levels there's a kind of a, a rock face or a cliff face so it's lower plateau and upper plateau and the natural environment there is going to embrace that there's going to be uh, looking at formula one racetrack horse racetrack um there's going to be, it, there's going to be um theaters arenas um, obviously malls hotels um with the theme parks there it, it, water theme parks it's it, it's it's going to be quite something i mean i've seen some of the video presentations and the vision is quite incredible you know and and, and you've got other stuff like neon and Red Sea, um, Al Mala—all those are the other uh, other um, giga projects. And um, I just think it's going to change the whole whole aspect regarding reforms in, in Saudi Arabia. And and obviously they're looking into the tourist aspect now. Tourists for the first time are being granted it relatively easy access into into the kingdom. And that's, uh, it, there's lots of things to see there. It's quite an incredible country, you know. Um, and I think this can only benefit them going forward. Um, and uh, the, the fact that they're committing to this, that Cadea is very committed to a step change in performance on health and safety and behaviours and culture. Um, they're very proactive. Um, I, I, the, the short time that I've been with them, they are, they are very, very accommodating. They're looking at initiatives. They're looking at ideas. As I said to you, with this emergency um, on lost-site facilities, uh was an idea that was put to me by my executive director the deputy executive director of the program um, which i thought was great that means you know he's already bought into this and and this is his kind of baby and i'm running with it for him and and he understands that there has to be a third part a third party involvement we're even now looking at a third party consultant um to get involved to actually put the scope of works together for for those contractors, so we have the right people, the right resources, the right tools, the right locations, the right right logistic, you know logistical sort of um, um, uh, testing and stuff to make sure that we can preserve that life you know and that we can uh, work in conjunction with uh, the civil defense because obviously if there's a big say god forbid, if there's a, 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 a big event on a fire on site or something. Um, we're there to just to control it, to mitigate that until the main civil defence units get there and be able to extinguish that that event. You know, to, so it's it's more of preservation. It's not a saying we're going to take over the whole thing and we're going to have our own hospital. Uh, what we are trying to say is that we will preserve life. We will have paramedics. We'll have doctors on site, and we will make sure that they're stabilised before you know, we're getting them to the right hospital because all hospitals have different skills. Again, different things. You know, one might be a neurology specialist. One might be um, to do with your heart. One might be to do with any number of things. So you've got to know as well where the hospitals are, what they specialize in, so that we don't mess about by going to different hospitals. And then the need to that person is then suffering or potentially becomes a, a statistic that we don't want.
0: Mm. It's been really interesting just in the next couple of minutes that we have left would you mind telling us and sharing maybe some career advice or tips for people who may want to do what you do in the future
1: <laughs> Think about it carefully <laughs> 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 um, it's a, um, I believe it, it wasn't my f- first choice of a job I, I, I worked with uh, nightclubs uh, uh, as promotions and marketing and stage manager and book bands for Richard Branson in Virgin I'd had five years of much fun and and great times and but couldn't imagine myself being sort of the oldest sort of nightclub manager in time it's a young person's game so um um leave leaving that aside I, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said we're a massive shortage of health and safety I went and retrained myself and I had some good breaks but I think you know you make your own luck sometimes. Um, but for, for me I suppose that the fact is that as I got into the job I found that I had, it wasn't turn my phone off at five o'clock, um, far from it. I, I I keep my phone by my bed and it's on, on all the time basically. Um, and I know they say that that's not good for you um, from the sleep perspective. But it's on because I need to know what's happening out there to the people that we've got working. With. We're an extended family. So I believe the key thing is passion. You've got to have a passion for the job and to do the right thing. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to win all the you're not going to win the war, but you might win a few of the battles. Um, It's a big it's a big task out there to keep people safe. And I and I always believe that, it, you know, I need to shave in the morning and I need to be able to look in that mirror and say to myself, I've done the very, very best I could for from for the company for the for the person people that work for us for the company um and that i can sleep easy at night um and 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 if i can look at myself in the morning then that's the day i think i need to give up the the job to be honest because i believe it's all about care you know caring for about people Um, and you have to build Trust elements there as well. Um, you've got to reform. Um, that change is major, I believe, going forward with health and safety. Um, I know we put in in the in the UK, especially the HSE um, Health and Safety Executive. We have all these fantastic standards and ACOPS approved codes of practice. Um, if you listen to the word, there, if you look at the word standard, and uh, as you put it there, standard. And People say, oh, I work to a stand, I work to the HSE standard, fantastic. That's nothing to shout about, that's a standard that doesn't mean anything special. It's a standard now. You take a standard and you improve on a standard, so then you get best in house or you get best practice. Mm. That's where you should be aiming all the time, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, if, if you want to get into, into the health and safety aspect, you one, I think you've got to like people, um, two. You've got to you've got to understand and be willing to learn. I've learned so much from people on the job. When I ask a question, if it's not if to me, I always ask a question. If it doesn't look safe, then it probably isn't safe. Um, so I'll ask the question, and if somebody can give me a fantastic, great reason, this is the best way, and we've mitigated the risk, and we put the controls in the hazards, the risks that here's our control, we've reduced the severity, and they can show me that, then I'm then I'm, then I'm great. But I'm quite keen on looking at things from a practical point of view and saying well maybe if we thought about doing it this way or maybe if we thought about doing that or maybe if we procured a different material that we wouldn't have to service that bit of the job twice a year three times a year we'd only have to service it because of this material we don't have to service it once every five therefore mitigating the risk of people having to go at height or go into a confined space or whatever whatever um so although the cost may be more at the time across the scope of things over the years, it become a much cheaper and much more um, friendly, and safer environment for the people to work in. Um, so yeah, passion I think is the big one, and I'm just willing to learn. Um, you know, it, it's it's key for me that I, I like learning new new things. I, I'm I'm a diploma qualified lead accident investigator. I, my I love looking into um, incidences and causal and contributing factors. Uh, you know, looking at all those aspects. Um, so from from that you you need to like kind of get into the psyche of people and understand where they are it's it's um fascinating is what i'd say and and i and i've still got this passion for the job my phone still stays on um, <laughs> and i do and i do pick it up much to my wife's annoyance sometimes at one o'clock in the morning something to come for you rather an incident you know and um up i get and off i go um i, I believe lead by example as well you know don't expect people to do things uh, for you that you wouldn't do yourself. And be seen. Just be visible. If people like to know that people care, the company cares. Make that bridge from corporate into the site. I always I always find I don't want to be sat behind a desk. I like to get out onto site. I like to walk around site. I like to, um, you know, I don't sort of announce myself as announce myself as coming, you know, to site. I like to just turn up, not to catch anyone out, but I just like to and see the site in its reality um it, it, you know not that it's been prepared and it looks fantastic it gives you a false, it gives you false perception and that the site may be doing that and you, you know, i've been to sites before where they've done that and you walk away and a couple of days later they have an event and you go oh, how did that happen so um believe in that transparency and, and honesty you know when people say oh we had an incident in or a near miss in a month um is, is so far from the truth. It's unbelievable. We have near misses every single day, every <laughs> single day. And we have events and we have events, you know, so um, just be honest. And I think then the, the value of those figures, the value of those statistics, that a lot of companies hold dear will have so much more meaning because you're, you're doing the main thing. The, the one main thing, which is, you know, a protection of people and preservation of life and, mm. and, and protection of, and, and reducing property damage or negate negating property damage
0: kevin your passion is really clear for people and for what you do (laughs) in your job and your role so and i do want to thank you you know you've you've rescheduled this to make sure that it happens for for our listeners and our viewers so kevin thank you so much Mm. for your time
1: all right craig thank you very much be safe out there and take care